Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Reconciling Grace, this is Pete Becky, and I'm glad to be with you today. I am joined online remotely with Pastor Josh Kugel, who is from Mississippi, Pastor Don McDonald, who is from Illinois. And I'm not sure that we have guys really a title for this uh, episode yet. We've been kind of talking about the different things we're going to be covering. But the bottom line of what we're talking about today is the fact that we are one year, actually probably a little bit more than one year, into this pandemic that has affected the church in various different ways. And we talked about ministry in a pandemic back uh, a while back, shortly after we uh, started this pandemic. We talked about what challenges there were. And we thought, and I think it was Josh's idea, to say maybe we ought to look at something and uh, say, what does church look like now a year into the pandemic? So you know, with all uh, honesty involved here, I am not actually senior pastoring a church these days. I am an associate pastor, but Josh and Don are both senior pastors, and and uh, maybe I say lead pastors because senior kind of gives you the idea that you guys are old, um, but I don't want to say that. But you guys have been experiencing church a, a, from a leadership standpoint and seeing how the church has had to adapt to ministry to people, to people who have gotten sick with, with COVID and other things. And maybe we'd like to just explore today what things have changed for you. How does church look today in the midst of a pandemic? And so I think I'm going to start with Don. Don, you were the one who kind of, um, were, you were actually with Reconciling Grace a little bit earlier than Josh was. Um, and I know that you've been kind of hit by this a little bit differently. Josh brought up the idea before we started uh, recording today that maybe we ought to talk about the fact where we are all located. I already mentioned that Josh is in Mississippi and you're in Illinois, Don. And Don, I think Illinois has some of the more strict policies. How would you say things have gone for you as a pastor in Illinois? And what changes in ministry have you seen a year into this pandemic? I think in the state of Illinois, we've been um, working through, yeah, the, the stringent requirements of COVID preventive care, but we've also found ways to work with it so that we're protecting our people. Um, we're still hybriding, as it were. We're doing both online and in person at Danforth Church, and overall that's working well for us we still do the social distancing we encourage the mask to be worn um we are just sort of making things happen as we go um in terms of that part of ministry so i would say even though we do have more stringent requirements we're doing all right as a church living through it i think what we've done as a church is we all agreed that we would use common sense and maintain, as it were, a sanity of care while keeping the gospel moving forward. So we've almost been more about keeping the gospel moving forward 
um, in terms of the spiritual thing and then the physical side of it, we've been like, okay, this is important, but we still need to keep the gospel moving forward. How about you, Josh, and where you guys are in Mississippi? How are you handling all this? Uh, I, I think we're handling it fairly well, fairly well. And you may have your own kind of um, statistics and everything, but I just pay attention to that. We were, we were uh, online only for about a month and a half, two months. It was very difficult, I thought. Zoom was really cool for about a week or two, and then people started getting tired, and you start seeing people uh, <laughs> kind of fade off. And then when we came back, we, we were down about 25%. And through most of the pandemic until just recently, we've been down 25%. I've roped off pews. Um, some people will, will wear masks. We've done away with things like uh, giving in, a, in an offering plate that's passed around. We do the Lord's Supper with those uh, little cups that have the film on the top that you peel back away. And we've just tried to, um, tried to prevent any contact where, you know, but... Uh, at, at the top of all of it, we always say, look, there are some people around you that are more comfortable than you are with what's going on. And there are some that are less comfortable. We need to be aware of what other people are going through, uh, what other people's fear level may be. And so, um, but over the last couple of weeks, we've noticed in Mississippi as the church has, or I'm sorry, as the state has removed almost every restriction and they've put it into businesses to either require masks or not, require distancing or not. We've noticed that uh, the, uh, a few more people have been coming back to church. We actually did an egg hunt this year. Um, and we had uh, this, this week, which this is not a normal week. It's Palm Sunday. It's pre-Easter. We were about where we were before covid i still know that there are some people probably 15 percent of our church is still at home and so praise god i think there's some new people that are joining us actually i know there are some new people that are joining us and so i, I don't know god is doing some things through it but it's it's been difficult to navigate um and and i always look for hey what are you guys doing and it's hard yeah. to compare yourself to other churches yeah. because some are doing worse and some are doing better and there's some pastors that are older that are more concerned there's some that are 25 years old and and you know they're invincible and it's just hard to compare and kind of see that but i have noticed that mississippi the restrictions here are a lot and the people here are a lot less likely to uh shut down as much as in some other areas that may be uh because of our own hard heads or maybe because you know whatever else yeah. but uh, it's 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 been kind of good to be here during all this but I still have to push for caution continually, or at least at least uh, respect continually. And and I think Josh, that's the most fatiguing part, is trying to say, hey, listen, we got to stay aware that we're not out of the woods yet, you know. And yeah. no matter where we are, be it Mississippi or Illinois, you know, we as preachers are ultimately responsible for the care of our our congregations. Yeah. And and I take that seriously, and that hasn't changed one year in you know that yeah. we really need to be aware of that because our bigger churches in illinois even though they're hybrid and they're both online and in person they're still i think we're still sitting at no more than 25 percent occupancy rate that can attend so oh. you have that delightful call in reserve your place you know type of uh setting right now um yeah. and, and i i think that's 
the part that being in a small rural church, we haven't had to worry about the reserving a place or, or anything of that nature. And we've had the right mix of people staying online and worshiping and those that have been coming into the building. So, so we've been blessed. We've been more on the blessed side of it that we're, we're maintaining. We have a couple that we have lost because of it, and there's not a lot we can do about it, but pray over it and just pray the Lord will open the right door at the right time for them to come back. One of the things that I'm wondering, guys, um, and maybe it's important to share this with our listeners. Now, I'm here in Ohio and Faith and Friends Radio, where we are um, – doing this program from is in Dayton, Ohio. And I, I guess we're kind of in Ohio between the the restrictions that are placed by Illinois and the non-restrictions that are placed in Mississippi. We're kind of in between those two. Um, and I, I do want to stress that, uh, for instance, Don, you're, you're there in Illinois. Um, you're having to follow certain things because that's what the government has said you need to do. Josh, you were following them before um, your government has lifted the restrictions. I, I keep hearing people talk, um, uh, whether it's on TV or other places, say, well, why doesn't uh, such and such just do this? Why don't we all just do this? Well, it's because we live in 50 different states and 50 different states have their own ways of doing things. There's not one national policy and we, we could go into all that, but I don't want to get into politics and, and government as much as saying that we're all faced with different situations. And Don, I think what you said about knowing that as pastors, we have to care for our people. That is a, a key thing. So let me ask this about the COVID situation. Um, have you actually experienced people in your congregations who have gotten the disease to the point where... Um, they have been disabled by it or, or even passed away from it? In Danforth, no. Um, we we have had people who have had COVID um, as I've pastored to them via calling and texting and all the above. Most of them have been the fatigue and the fever. Um, one was about two weeks, three weeks with breathing issues but did not have to go to the hospital um, and so we've been blessed that it has not been to that extreme here, you know, at Danforth. I don't know about you, Josh. What about your side? Yeah, we, we had a, we've had a few people taken to the ER because of it. Um, and we've had a, a bunch of people sick, praise God that it, it, none of it had been traced through church as, you know, as far as we could tell and everything. And that was always one of my concerns, um, but we've been affected. I've had a friend that's passed away that was fairly young. And so, I mean, I, I know it's real. I know it's it, as a pastor, I think I have an additional responsibility as far as, you know, the way we meet and everything else. The one thing I just want to bring up, and this is a little off topic, and, and maybe you can talk about this a little bit too. One of the most disappointing things of the pandemic is that it, it, it shut down visitation overnight. Um, I, I've got people in the hospital that I can't go visit and I've got people that I'm doing funerals for that, you know, the funeral home will come and say, look, we have a, in, in, in most of these are changing now. They're not completely gone. Um, but you know, you can have 10 people at this service and that's it. They'll tell a, a family that, or they'll tell people you can't go see so-and-so in the nursing home or something like that. And for a church, Ooh where, you know, one of yeah. our callings is to visit somebody yes. when they're sick, especially, yes. you know, somebody in our family. And um, it, this has been just a, a huge hurdle. 
Um, and I, I'm a little worried about what it does after COVID because now we're in a mindset. And I think we were already in a, in a generational kind of change to where people didn't want you in their hospital rooms as much and all that kind of thing. But now after COVID, I kind of wonder if um, this, this uh, lack of visitation is going to continue for some time. So I, I know, Josh, uh, last Sunday was the first time in a year that I got to serve communion over at the nursing home. Wow. And it, it was just overwhelming just to be able, you know, we had to go through the screening and we had to do everything we were supposed to do. My elder, because in the Reformed Church, being that we're a covenantal community, I have to serve communion with an elder and myself to affirm that we're part of the covenantal community. And just to serve communion to this one person who I hadn't seen in six months, because I, I tried to see her via outdoor visitation, which we were allowed um, it was overwhelming to share communion and to have that moment because um, I, too, have the same concern. How will visitation look as we come off COVID? Um, most of my people expect me to be there. I've been here 27 years and they know my my passion. My heart is I will be there in the valley with you. And so it's almost expected. But that's mm -hmm. the value of a long term ministry is you already have that sense of team and experience that they want back. Sure. So, yeah, that's how I've been experiencing it. But I have that concern, too, about how all that will look as we come back out. Ours is coffee fellowship. We haven't done coffee fellowship. So we don't know how that's going to look coming back out either. So um, I know yeah. that there have been I know there have been um, places where ministry is happening outside of the building. And for for a long time, that's been one of the pushes at least uh, in the Church of the Nazarene in our district, part of that has been, you know, get outside of the four walls and do ministry. Well, guess what? Now we're having to do ministry and it's not outside of the four walls as much as it is online. And you can't go out into the communities and do ministry, for instance, in places like restaurants. Well, I know that uh, we want to continue talking about this situation here. And I'm noticing by our clock that it's getting about time to take a break for our sponsor. So let's do that. And we'll be right back with the second half of Reconciling Grace. And we're back with Reconciling Grace. And uh, we've been talking about this pandemic, a year into it, talking with a couple of different pastors, Don McDonald from Illinois and Josh Kugel from Mississippi. And one of the things we were talking about right before we got to the break was that as pastors, we really need to be concerned for the well-being of our people. And when I'm saying our people, we know they're God's people, but the, the people in the congregations over which God has set us. And I'd like to just read some scripture here uh, about what it is that we really need to be sharing with our people, what, it really, what we really need to be the most concerned with. So I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 25. The scripture says this, and these are the words of Jesus. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? 
Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now somebody may say, okay, so what does that have to do with COVID? Or doesn't that just basically say, okay, I can just sit back, relax and say, okay, God, here, bless me. You know, there's a balance to be drawn, I believe, guys. And I think you would both agree with me that this doesn't mean just sit back, relax and and say, God bless me. You know, the, the, the truth is we have to go out and work for a living. The truth is that, um, you know, things don't always come easy to us. But at the same time, I think the key here is about worrying. What do we worry about? What do we fix our minds on? What is the most important thing? And, and I think, Pete, when you mentioned that, um, the thing that keeps coming to my mind is how do we seek God in and amongst all the preventive care of COVID-19? There, there has been that, that struggle between, listen, we're about seeking God first while we try to, as it were, kick in all the preventative care we're called to. And it, it's hard to teach trust God first when we're leaning into so many COVID preventatives. And, and that, that's really a struggle in the life of the church. I don't know. How, how have you experienced that, Josh, in, in terms of that? In, in terms of uh, the balance between seeking and trusting God and also trusting science and all of that? Is that kind of? Yeah, that's sort of where I was looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the first thing is, is uh, I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not uh, a scientist. I'm a you pastor. You play one on TV? I do play one on TV, but okay. I'm, I'm not in real life. Um, I'm a pastor, and I, I believe that's my calling, and I believe that's my my relationship with everyone in my church should be based on on that. My my job is to lead people, to teach them about and, and introduce them into spiritual things, things filled with Jesus and God and, 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 and all of the good things of heaven. And I feel like the tendency over this last year has been to distract a little bit from that mission and that focus and get into physical things. And I've had to jar myself over and over and over again, and also remind people over and over and over again, that the physical is not as important as the spiritual. Now, that's not to dismiss or to be reckless or anything like that. We need to be careful, but our mission is a spiritual mission. The big wins we're going to have are not physical wins. They're spiritual wins. And even we look over at Mark chapter or Mark um, chapter eight, and it says, uh, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul? And I mean, there are going to be people that do well through COVID that are still going to hell. And I need to be aware that my job is 
not to to make sure that you know they feel safe or comfortable in, in you know I, I would like that that'd be great but my job is that they meet Jesus and they're challenged in, spiritually and and especially for those in my care spiritually that they learn scripture that they learn what God's will is for them that they uh, are challenged spiritually that they're convicted of sin and all this other stuff that I'm supposed to be doing COVID is distracted from that and I've just had to uh, I, I don't want to dismiss physical concerns, but I also don't want to elevate physical concerns to where they're more important than what I'm called to, 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 to be part of addressing and to, to leading and to teaching about. There's nothing more important than your spiritual well-being. There, there isn't. There's nothing more important than our relationship with God. There isn't. Um, and, and yes, COVID is, is real. Yes, I've lost friends to COVID. Yes, I've seen people just incredibly sick by COVID, but I, I don't want to risk my greater calling um, for anything. And so uh, I'll leave it at that. I, um, however you take that, I don't want to risk my greater calling falling apart or being less fulfilled for, for anything else that's not as important. And I think, Josh, the hardest part of that is as you're living in the restrictions, you have to admit that you cannot allow the restrictions to restrict the gospel. Hmm. You know, because that, that's been my greatest challenge is, listen, yeah, we are in COVID. Yes, COVID is real. But the gospel is still paramount and number one in that journey of life as we as preachers have you know that that call is there so you almost have to say yes we'll work within these restrictions but as we work in here the experience of the gospel is still first and, yeah and i think that's been the most difficult because the state of illinois didn't recognize ministers as essential workers to almost the second or third edict yeah. so i went out and we drove around and we videotaped all of our people saying hello to each other because they were missing each other by the third week because we're a relational yeah. church. Yeah. And there was a part of me that knew, ooh, we're sort of stretching the rules here because we weren't yet essential workers. We were on lockdown. Um, technically, you know, I told my wife when we went out, if if we do get pulled over, will explain what we're doing and what we're trying to accomplish because it was before ministers were seen as essential workers in Illinois. Sure. That, sure. that, that's a bouncing act. Real yeah, difficult. What, what I love though, um, and it's a little bit of what you're doing too, or what you were doing. I love that the government said, or, or CDC or the restrictions came in and says, you can't do this. And all these pastors were the first people that were saying, okay, if we can't do that, we're going to try this. And we're doing outdoor services with with personal radio towers or whatever they are. We're um, we're we're doing online when you know I I know I have some friends who are pastors that are in their 80s and early 90s that were online for the first time streaming a service um, because they said and and I think maybe that's the call of the Christian too is look if we can't do these things we still have to make sure that we're spreading the gospel we still have to make sure that we're meeting somehow as a community and all this and so if we have to go online we're going to try it and we're going to do it as best we can if we have to do it in a parking lot we're going to do it if we have to um, I've seen some churches do these drive-through kind of class things where they take a caravan of cars to visit somebody in their house just from across the lawn 
um, just to let them know that they love them and they miss them and they're praying for them. And uh, people in our church have been on the phone more than normal. And I, I don't know, I, we don't let the world keep us from doing, from living out our call. But couldn't um, we say, Josh, COVID one year later, which is what this program's about, Yeah. the the strength of COVID-19 challenge to the churches, it has created more openings to the gospel than were ever present before COVID-19. I, I think that's, I think that's true. I, I think it's also given more excuses, but I, I also think it's, <laughs> it's created opportunity and, and uh, potential more than, more than we had before. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like that because I, I remember we were not on mic yet when, when Don brought up Billy Graham. It's something that um, I've heard said many times and, and Don brought it up, how Billy Graham expanded his ministry exponentially. Why? Because he used the technology that was available to him at the time. He reached probably far more people, one single person reaching far more people with the gospel, perhaps other than Jesus himself or Paul himself through the scriptures and all that. But, but Billy Graham was able to reach so many people within just, you know, his lifetime. Why, you know, he, I remember when he was doing things like what satellite streaming of a message from Korea, you know, that just seemed so bizarre. You know, I wonder what he would have done with zoom. You know, he, he had so many different, uh, ways of doing things that, that it would have been amazing, but he was open to the technology. And his whole point was that he was wanting to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. And this is something that while the pandemic is not a good thing, I, I want to point that out. The pandemic is not a good thing, but God can use things that are not good and end up using them to his glory. There's scripture on that, I think. Uh, something like that, I think so. <laughs> and and that's and that's the key that 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 I want us to understand too. So here we are. We just got a couple of minutes left in today's episode, um, and uh, maybe you guys might each be able to sum up with about a minute of what have been some of the benefits and some of the negatives from doing church in this pandemic. Hmm. Some, I, I, I think my negative list is longer. I just have to be honest. <laughs> that's fine. I mean, be honest. That's what we want to be. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think my negative list is longer when visitations have shut down and there's, there's uh you know, fear about actually gathering as a church. I just, I, I, I gotta be honest. I think Satan's been working overtime during the pandemic. Um, and but I think he's given opportunities for people to say, you know what, we're going to um, we're going to we're going to stand up regardless. And I've seen some of that, too. Um, and, and we've seen new people in church and I'm, I'm excited about that. And I don't know that that's different from the pandemic, because I think hopelessness has filled a lot of people's lives. I think a lot of people are depressed. I think a lot of people are sad and sick and hope and hurting. And the church should be <laughs> where they look. And if not, we need to make sure that we're we're where they look. Um, so, and and I think Pete, I'm on the direct opposite of Josh because I guess I'm always a glass half full guy, and yeah. and for me, you know, one of the blessings that I've seen is that we've had people who have been a part of the church who have been distant from the church 
because of online ministry are now completely connected to the church because of online yeah. ministry. And so we've we've seen a lot of blessings through online ministry. I, like Josh, have concerns about how post-COVID is going to look in a physical attendance of the church. I still have that, but we, we've been tremendously blessed by the online ministry, and we're praying over it as, as, a, as a board that God will continue to use it and, and grow in that way. So we've seen probably as many positives in terms of the blessing that God's given us as we've been online and been aggressive for the message of the gospel. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace.